is Lorena Junco Margain, and I'm so excited for this journey. We decided to launch this podcast to share my story with the hope that you could connect the dots of your life and truly be on your way. Today on On My Way, Lorena is joined by a certified biology environmental consultant, Diana Jabor, to talk about the things around us that might be affecting our health. Hello, my friends out there. Thank you for listening on my way. Today, I have a surprise for you. My dearest friend, Diana Jabour, accepted joining us. Not only is she one of my dearest, dearest, closest friends, but she is a building biologist. And today, we will learn from her what that means. Do not worry. I know this sounds super fancy, but once you get to know her, you'll see the wealth of knowledge within her, and we will be learning so, so much from her. And hey, remember, I'm one of yours. I am on my way to become a better person, a better mother, and a better friend. Join me on my way and welcome Diana Jabour. Hello, Diana. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. How are you, Lorena? Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Diana. So, Diana, today we will take baby steps. First of all, I want to tell all our listeners what a building biologist does. But first, above all, I want to tell them how we became friends. You know, there are these moments when two people connect for different reasons. In this occasion, it was to help out our kids' school, to put some water filters and just give back to our community. And a dear friend of us thought we should connect. So I went with no expectations to an address they handed me. And boom, I saw Diana and I liked everything I saw, felt, smelled. And just being at her home felt so good and nourishing. We had at least a two-hour coffee session. We chatted, we connected. You know, the world is small and we had a lot of things in common, a lot of common interests, but I started to feel a knot in my stomach because I was uncomfortable of the knowledge I did not know. And my first reaction was to shut down and kind of go back to my perfect little world where I knew how to be a good mom. You know, I had made the right decisions, the right kitchenware, the right lighting. My home is beautiful. And then I noticed I was basically based in fear. I thought that if I listened to her knowledge, it would only mirror how bad I had made certain decisions in my lifestyle. And I decided to confront those moments and be vulnerable. And I invite you everyone to be vulnerable. Please have open ears and eyes to listen to this powerful message. Remember, we are all on our way and we have so much to learn. It's never too late to start step by step. Remember, we are on our way to building a better selves and to become better parents, better friends, better human beings. So, Diana, could you please introduce us, first of all, what is building biology? Well, to put it really simply, building biology is the study of healthy buildings. The goal of a building biologist is we want to create a safe and health-supporting living environment. And many, many ways that we can do this, but we do have four major pillars that we study and that um, is the foundation for building biology. And that's water quality, air quality, lighting quality, and electromagnetic fields, being aware of magnetic, electric, dirty electricity, and of course, wireless radiation. And it's an exciting study of literally limiting toxins on in and around our space, right? That, that is what really drew me to the field of building biology. And it's not as well known here, unfortunately, because as many things, the Europeans are a little more ahead on some of these health-supporting views and topics. And it originated in Germany post-World War II. And it was brought into the United States in the 1980s. 
And there's a Building Biology Institute out of Santa Fe. And it is a wonderful opportunity to study into the field and dive deep into these four different pillars and um, and explore from small things that you can do every day and small choices, which really do have a magnified impact. There are small things you can do, and there are larger things you can do from building your home with the principles of building biology. But everyone at any level can make some small changes. So I have a question. Is that a certification you get? Or it can, is. It is? Yes. And there ha they have three different certifications. There's building biology environmental consultant. There's electromagnetic radiation specialist. And there's a new build specialist. And I happen to be triple certified in all three, which is, you know, I went for one and it's about a two-year course. And I fell in love with everything. So I just had to do a deep dive and commit to studying and learning more so that I could share what I was learning. And of course, it was I was learning from my family and my situation, but then I realized I really do want to share this and help other people who are on their way, on their journey for a health-supporting life. And that's emotional, but also physical surroundings. So how do you find a building biologist? Is it common to have them in every city? Or what, what, what's the situation? I, I feel like I'm new in the field, so maybe there's a whole industry on it and, and I'm not aware of it. It's You can go on the Building Biology website under Find a Specialist. I wish there were more specialists, um, but they do list it under states. Now, in Europe, there's about 40,000 building biologist, that it is way more common there where people consult when they're building or remodeling, etc. But here we probably have about four or five hundred in the United States. And let's say if I go online, your webpage is mm -hmm. jevorenvironmental.com. Mm -hmm. Right. So is there a way I could go into your website and learn of your services and what you do or Do I have to be your client? How, how would oh, no, that you work? Can, you can get online. You can see I go into the four different pillars and I explain EMFs. That's always a little question mark for people. And that stands for electromagnetic fields. I also have some tip sheets on a healthy home. And I have tip sheets on some of the different EMFs and what you should watch out for. Because sometimes it's about <laughs> what what not to bring into your home, right? It's not about making big changes and, oh, my gosh, I've got to call an electrician and do this. But it's it's just more of an awareness of, A, what you're bringing into your space and, B, what you're surrounding yourself with. You know, what is where you sit, sleep, and stand? What is next to you, especially on an EMF perspective, what's plugged in next to you, behind your headboard wall, etc. That's fascinating. I remember... When you came to evaluate my home, you put a lot of attention in the bedrooms, yes. correct? Because that's where we spend a big chunk of our day and, you know, we you can heal while you're sleeping. Your so bedroom is where you, you know, rest, repair and regenerate. And we look at that as the number one place that we want to focus. So if you can only make so many changes and you're on a budget Uh, and wanting to do some things, we say, focus on that bedroom. Why don't we put the bedroom as our scenario mm -hmm. and we talk about the four pillars and how those four pillars could be approached in the bedroom. That way we can inform our friends, you know, what to be aware with their kids. I think that's an important thing. And I imagine that the four pillars apply in general. I remember you talking about cell phone signals and having a good night's sleep with no electromagnetic fields, the quality of the air, the water. So why don't we do step by step and everyone listening out there, please pay attention. Her knowledge and her easy way of putting things. I have not found a specialist that puts it as beautiful and easy as she does. Information will be posted on the link in the podcast and her information too, because she's just a wealth of knowledge. And I think that everyone should get should get to meet Diana Jabour. So let's start, my friend. Mm -hmm. Let's say you come to my house. What would be the first thing you do? When I'm measuring for electromagnetic fields, we first like to do the magnetic fields. 
And what are those? So magnetic fields are energy that's concentrated. There's several different sources of magnetic fields. And this is what we look for in the home. One could be a turning motor, meaning what are you sitting next to? What's on the other side of your headboard wall? Is it an HVAC system? Is it a fan? Is it a refrigerator on the other side of your headboard wall? So you're protecting the head specifically. Right. I mean, we definitely always want to know what's on the other side of the headboard wall. Is it an electrical panel? Right. Because electrical panels have big magnetic fields. The, The important thing is, you know, we walk through the house and see if there's any unusual fields from magnetic fields because you can have it from a point source. That's what we call a point source. Which would be? The running motor. Running motor. Okay. Second source could be maybe you have an above ground power line and the strength of that power line is emanating into your space. And that power line could be electricity or? Yes, yeah, it'd be an electric, a high tension power line that's bringing oh. in electricity. Okay. A third source could be a wiring error, which is actually can be pretty common, not so much in the newer homes because there's the new GFCI switches, which would automatically turn off if it was um, improperly wired. But if, if you have a wiring error, let's say in a three-way switch, once that light is on, those magnetic fields will then exude in the space. And, you know, we have equipment that measures all of these different, you know, you have a different equipment for each of the different fields. Wow, Diana, that sounds amazing. So let's go baby steps. What would be the first changes you would do inside a bedroom? Things that you can go back home as of right now, if you're driving or coming later from the office, what would be the things you would tell parents or friends just to not do? Well, okay. So your bedroom is the area where you need to rest, repair, and regenerate. So it needs to be as clean um, and environmentally friendly as possible. The first thing I would say is make sure you turn your devices off at night. Remember, those devices, even if you're not talking on the phone, are nonstop pinging to try to reach the cell antenna. It's like the handshake. Are you still there? Are you still there? And that wireless radiation is disruptive to people's sleep. And it's not good for you. The World Health Organization has labeled wireless radiation a 2B carcinogen along with lead and DDT. So you don't need that next to your head or your child's head. So that going would off be phones? Phones, iPads, anything that is wireless, that transmits information through the air. Wow. You also need to be a little aware of your smart TVs. Sony is one brand that if it's hardwired, you can turn off the wireless component. But many of the brands like Samsung, you cannot. So sometimes when people, one of the biggest complaints that I get from people who reach out to me are, I can't sleep. I'm having anxiety. This is not right. Something is wrong. I, I'm I'm too young for this. I've never had a problem before. And they've searched for different avenues. And then they realize, you know what, maybe this could be something with EMFs, or maybe I have electrical hypersensitivity. So then I like to come in and really say, all right, well, why don't we, as an experiment, see if we sleep better? So that's something that they can do. If that means unplugging that TV for the night, for the week, let's do it. And by the way, you could get a remote $15 remote command cutoff, you know, outlet cutoff where you just have a little remote where it's just like you unplugged it. So you don't have to, I know people have furniture, you know, where the plug is, etc. So there's little easy tips that you can do. And at night, hit that button, turn that off, look around your space. Are there any other wireless emitting devices? What about the wireless Phones, you know, the Yes, ones, the cordless phones. The also, cordless. many people don't realize that the cordless phones that everyone loves also is emitting 24-7. And really, we always recommend, please don't plug anything next to your head, especially not a clock radio. I have measured such high fields from these clock radios. So get a battery-operated one. There's That's easy, it's inexpensive, and it can make a huge difference. Also, really be aware of what is under your bed. You know, we all have that like long strip where everything's plugged in and chargers, et cetera. Those chargers have really high magnetic fields. And so, again, what is what is around you in the areas that you spend the most time? And that also means, hey, what's on the other side of the headboard wall? Because there are things that building materials, even though you can't see through it, 
Wireless radiation goes right through it, and so does magnetic fields, and so do electric fields. So would one of the solutions be, you know, as you helped me do in my house, we have in the hallway outside of the bedrooms a little table with a charging station, right. no computers, no phones, nothing inside the bedrooms, right. just to stay clear of that. Right. And make sure just to put everything on airplane mode. Yes. So you see, my friends, these are super easy steps that we can all do, any kid can do, and they have to learn that, you know, it's for their health and it, it takes a swipe to do it. Yes, that's right. I mean, these aren't these aren't huge changes. It's just being aware of what what is around your space. So I would definitely always like to look to see what is going on with the wireless radiation, what's going on with things plugged in next to your head and underneath and on the other side. The one big concern that everyone has when they're like, well, I can't turn my phone off. I have uh, parents that are older, elderly, or my daughter's in college. What okay, if there's an emergency? One of the solves for that, because my husband was that. He's like, what if Samantha, you know, we, we have um, a child in college, my stepdaughter's in college, and his dad, you know, health issues, and we wanted to be available if somebody needed us for an emergency. So you get a landline, like the old days, and please don't buy the cordless phone because that also emits wireless radiation. Yes, you're going to have to have an old-fashioned corded phone, but guess what? You're not using that. That's for emergencies. So when you turn off your phone at night, you can either forward it to your landline number or your close family members know if they need to get a hold of you after a certain time at night, call the home phone. So in order, for, in order for you to forward it to your landline, is it something that you... It's just a few buttons that you push on your phone. That's fascinating. Yes. I, I didn't know that existed. Yes. So it's it's easy. That's on the great. settings, you go in the settings and you put the number that you want to forward it to and it's done. That's great. And that's something else that I recommend people doing, especially if they found that they've become kind of sensitive to their cell phone and they don't want to miss calls when they're home, turn their phone off, forward it to that landline so that they don't have to keep the phone on their body as they're running up and down the stairs to getting stuff done. Because I do find that people do wear their phone on their bodies because of that reason. Yes. You also gave me this insight on where we put our phones. It's fascinating that men always have the phone in their pocket right. and it's not necessarily the best practice. And women... No, they're finding that men with testicular cancer and colon cancer has risen times four. And that's because, remember, again, that signal is constantly going off. So you're having men in their 20s getting testicular cancer, which was unheard of. So my friends, whenever you are sitting down, just take out that phone and put it on the table or even a little bit further if you don't need it. We don't want that radiation no, going into your funny, body. No, it's funny, Lorena, because I have clients and they're like, oh my gosh, my son is in college and he's just not going to listen to me. And I said, well, listen, they're the Cleveland Clinic for Fertility and for Male Issues has said, get the phone out of your pocket. Because basically, if you want to get it up, keep it up and finish up, put up the phone away from your body. <laughs> and I said, listen, sometimes you have to talk in that language that oh, might be totally <laughs> that might be interesting to them. They that might, might be stimulating. That might be <laughs> they might listen a little more about that. Wait, wait, wait a second. Can you tell me that again? Can you rephrase that? That's fascinating. Well, if you want to get it up, keep it up, and finish up, you better put up the phone away from your body. The studies are there. It's very clear. The best institutes in the world are saying we're having an issue. It kills sperm and it affects fertility and it affects function. It does. The science is there. Wow. It is very important to know that your laptops or iPads or any electronic devices are not put directly in your lap. How is that so? Now, remember, your iPad, a lot of kids, especially in schools these days, they have that iPad and they put it right on their lap. There's three to four antennas on that iPad that is emitting such strong wireless radiation fields. And one of the things is it's going right into their organs, but especially their reproductive organs. And remember, girls are only born with a certain number of eggs, and they could be damaging the DNA of their future children. Now, there is a really great 
um, it's called the Baby Safe Project, started by the head of Yale Obstetrics. And there's about 250 doctors from around the world that have signed off on it. And it is just that. It's the exposure to our children, even to mothers who ex are exposed, exposing their bellies during pregnancy and the outcomes of that. And they were so concerned, they started this entire organization to try to get the word out. Now, remember too, the American Association of Pediatrics says do everything we can to lower the wireless radiation fields around our children because the bodies are still developing. And this is where everyone who is listening do not get overwhelmed. There are many products that you can buy, one of them being Safe Sleeve, that you put the iPad or the laptop and it blocks those at least from going down. It won't block it from going forward. Correct. The ideal situation is to be hardwired in. But that doesn't a always hardwired work. computer. Or if mm -hmm. let's say you're traveling on an airplane and you have a four-year-old and you go, okay, I know if I have a movie, it's going to be a smooth flight. Remember, download that movie before you go and then put it on airplane mode. You don't want that emitting on your child's lap on the airplane. There's a lot of games that do not require the live Wi-Fi. That's what I love about you, that you're still pro-technology. You see the benefits of technology and how it's a very potent and useful tool. We want to use the best with the least amount of side effects. Right? I love that. Everybody has a different view and everybody has different sensitivities. And the clients that I see typically already have problems and they have searched and looked. And so I say an ounce of prevention, right? Correct. Is so important. Lorena Junco Margain, passionate art collector, devoted wife and mother, is already shaken after fleeing Mexico with her family while pregnant due to concerns for their safety. After arriving in her new home in Austin, Texas, she learns she has a tumor on her adrenal gland. Although not life-threatening, the condition is serious and requires surgery right away. Having long experienced unexplained symptoms of dizziness and lethargy that neither medications nor holistic or Ayurvedic treatments have helped, she embraces the news with tears of relief. With a simple surgery, she can regain her strength and joyful spirit. But fate can be mischievous, and to err is human, even for surgeons. Rather than improve after surgery, her condition worsens. On the way to Casa Lotus is the gripping true story of Hunka Margain's journey coming to terms with the permanent consequences of a surgeon's devastating mistake. Mindful that even good people make errors and that vengeance such as legal action would not mend her broken body or soul, she chooses instead to embark on a quest for peace and healing, beginning by seeking space in her heart to forgive. You can get your copy of On the Way to Casa Lotus on Amazon or at LorenaJuncoMargain.com. I hope that you're enjoying this podcast. I just want to give you a little bit of context. You know, I've had serious health issues and I've been on my way to healing. And I want to share with you, because I'm a student of life, on all the ways that have helped me heal my body, my emotions, and my overall well-being. So one of those great people that I met on my way to healing is Diana Jabour. She's a building biologist, and she's been teaching me a lot of on practical ways I can help my kids my family to live in a healthier, safer environment. So that being said, I just want to tell you, wherever you are in life, remember, we all are on our way to transformation, to learning, to growing. So please, I invite you to have, an, to have open ears and listen to this amazing source of knowledge with practical tips on how we can make a better ecosystem at home to make our lives easier to us and for the planet. So, Diana, let's go a little bit deeper in the importance of air quality. How would you control air quality inside a bedroom, a living room? Is it too much of a deal or are there any quick solutions that we can empower the people to, you know, as of tomorrow, go and buy something and they know that they're being proactive, even if it's not the optimal 
at least it's a better way. It's so important to have good indoor air quality, especially for children. You know, pound for pound, they're breathing in more oxygen. Their bodies are still developing. So one of the easiest things that you can do is be conscientious about what you're bringing into your child's room and stick, try to stick with natural materials. And that includes the mattress, right? The mattress is off-gassing constantly. So if it's a big foam mattress, there might be some issues. You can, of course, replace it with an organic mattress. That can be expensive. You can also get a mattress, a zippered mattress cover that would completely encapsulate that mattress so that you know, remember, things are always in a state of degradation and it's always making dust particles, etc. So if you have something that's treated with flame retardants and is foam, that's constantly breaking down, just like some of the carpeting material. So I would definitely say, look at your mattress. You're sleeping on it eight hours a day, hopefully, <laughs> getting your good night's sleep. One of the first things I would say is do remove your shoes because when what you bring in at the bottom of your shoes, the pesticides, the dirt, the chemicals get tracked throughout the house and then dust particles get spread and especially if you have young children. So keep a floor mat, have, you know, it's not practical all the time, but if we can do that, it's amazing how many chemicals you can cut down. And, and an inexpensive way for good indoor air quality, believe it or not, is open up your windows. All of the, our tight buildings have kind of encapsulated us with our building materials, which are constantly off-gassing. So open up those windows. Now, we live in Texas, so that might not be realistic in the middle of July. But if we can do it when the weather is conducive to it, it's wonderful. You're bringing in that fresh air. I love standalone air filters. I love Austin Air. I love um, IQ Air. I think those are two really good brands that have stood the test of time. I think it's super important to have that in your bedroom running at night. Because again, remember, just our modern day building materials are off-gassing. And I can go into a space 10 years after a building has been uh, built and test the air and you will see, you know, hundreds of chemicals. This is just the reality of our life, right? We have a myriad of chemicals that are out there. And unfortunately, I think there's about two or 300 that have actually been tested for toxicity. We have about 40,000. It's fascinating because, you know, for me, air filters were to avoid allergies. And now that you put it this way, it's serving many purposes. It absolutely, and it definitely helps with allergies too. But yes, that indoor air quality, and you just keep it running the whole time. I like to also see it in the living room um, because you spend a lot of time. But at a minimum, if you can do it in the bedroom, that's important. And then just be conscientious of the materials you're bringing into your home. If something on the box or carton says danger, <laughs> flammable, you know that it has chemicals. Also be conscientious, and we're talking of course about indoor air quality, be conscientious about, you know, one of the biggest indoor air polluters are air fresheners. Wow. That is not cleaning your air. The air filter is cleaning your air. What an air freshener does is coats the inside of your nose with about 100 chemicals, right? <laughs> Everyone <laughs> out there, we need to change that. Oh, my gosh. Unless, you know, you can use essential oils. Yes. Um, some people can react to those, those smells, too. A lot of people just like to have an inert smell. I get worried with scents because... When you walk into a space, you can tell what's going on. If you smell, it smells moldy or musty, that might be mold. You don't want to cover that up. You want to get to the source of the problem. If you come in and kind of smell a chemical smell, what did you just bring in? It might be that new PVC uh, big toy for your child that has flame retardants. And just really be conscientious of how things smell because your nose knows. Wow. So don't try to cover up. Don't bring in those synthetic fabric softeners with, you know, mountain fresh spring air, because then you're putting it on your clothes and then you're wearing it and it gets absorbed in your skin. So I, when I'm talking about indoor air quality, there's a lot of things that we can pick up on from what you're bringing in to wash your clothes or clean your home. It seems like you have to be a informed consumer. Yes. That's so I think, I think it's very important and we You know, we can go hours talking about this and I would love having you in the podcast because that's a very interesting topic we could touch on, on, you know, what are the best practices 
on what to buy and sources where to buy. As of now, at least I'm empowered with the knowledge that I can go buy a good air filter, standing air filter that I can have in in every bedroom, in the living room. Do plants help indoors? Plants can help. And NASA has a list of all of the 20 top air filtering plants, which is kind of interesting. I do not have a green thumb. I'm with you. (laughs) And so I rely heavily on my air filter. And I will say, too, as a just a side note of caution, sometimes those plants can get mold underneath when you're watering them. And that can be a problem because a lot of people who call me to um, have me come in to mitigate their home, they've already had problems with mold. They've had health issues and they want to avoid even the slight hint of that. And so, oh, another tip as far as mold goes is to have a little $10 hygrometer, which um, measures the amount of moisture in the air because we really like to see it below 50%. You don't have as many dust mites in that case. And also mold grows when it's above that 50% threshold. And where do you find, is that a specialty that's, store? or No, where? that's like Amazon. Okay. It's a little $15. And what's the and name it, of it? It's a hygrometer. And hygrometer. usually it has a temperature hygrom in it, and, and it'll tell you your, your humidity. It's basically it measures your humidity. So for a $10 thing, mm-hmm. one per bedroom, you can you be can measuring. Kind of check it. You see, friends, you know, it, there are easy solutions that we can, as of, Tomorrow, you know, click on Amazon, buy those hygrometers and control the temperature, the humidity in the room and have an air filter for cleaner air. So that would be in broad terms one of the pillars, which is air. Right. Indoor air quality. It's it's about your products you're bringing in and then how do you mitigate what's already there, right, that you can't change. And so our whole goal, right, is to... Change what you can so you don't have to worry about the things you can't. That's fascinating. And just knowing that you're literally adding years to your life. Yes, you are. That's fascinating. What people need to remember is, and my passion is limiting toxins on and around our families. And every little bit helps because all of these little changes add up over time. And we are being inundated with a lot of things. And... They, it really does make a difference. I think people do get overwhelmed and they say, well, is that going to really make a difference? But yes, especially with something you're doing every day, you're sleeping on that mattress, you're eight hours in the bedroom, et cetera. So, you know, it's fascinating. I have a friend that says, if you're not exposed to germs, you know, you're only affecting your immune system. Because I was talking about the air filter and and I think we have a misconception yes. about... Germs can be good, right? That does. It strengthens. That's why you need to get out and play in the dirt and rub it on you. But you don't want that dirt to have flame retardants, chemicals, paint solvents, and pesticides. You will Correct. get a problem if you have that. But yes, the microbes in the dirt are good. Our children should be exposed to that. Oh, thank you, Diana. That gives me so much light on just how I can take a deep breath of fresh air. So thank you for just giving us a little glimpse of the immediate things we can do regarding air. Now, can we talk about easy, simple steps regarding water? Yes. Now, water is what I call the triple toxin threat. And you're drinking it, cooking with it, and showering in it. And unfortunately, all of our modern day public utilities While they are making sure they're disinfecting it and you're not going to get sick drinking it, they use chloramine or chlorine to disinfect it. And they don't take out many herbicides and pesticides. So you've got a huge, vast amount of chemicals that can be in your water. Now, I love EWG.org, which is Environmental Working Group. They have a water report. You can go in and put your zip code in and look at the water report for your municipality. I think it's so game changer to see what is high, um, how many toxins are above the EPA recommended level. They all are. So for those who are driving, please know all this information will be linked in the podcast. So do not worry. All the knowledge, all the information and Diana's contact will be linked. So just keep on listening. Open ears, open heart. Okay, 
let's get back to the water conversation. It's so important and fascinating. You just simply think the city provides the water. They tell you it's safe to drink. And I worry that that's the case for many of us. What would be the immediate steps we could do to just, you know, be consuming the right water? Is bathing with good water Uh, is there a way to do that? or Yes. Well, so there are some recommendations we make, and it depends on what your living situation is. Some people are in apartments, and some people have, you know, a home. And also costs. I, yes, I, and I, costs. It just hears, I, it, I can't imagine. There's always little steps you can do, and it's there's from the, hey, I'm in college, and I'm in an apartment, to, you know, I want to, I'm at a point where this is super important and I'm going to put my budgetary dollars to this. I've got those dollars. And I'm going to do it. Okay. So, so students, let's start by you because we want you healthy. You're the future and we want you to take care of us. Okay. So remember, we want to, we want to filter that cooking, drinking and showering water. If you think about, let's talk about the shower. Okay. So the chloramine or the chlorine gases that are emitted when you take that hot shower. So not only are you getting the chemicals of chlorine and chloramine on your skin and the other pharmaceuticals and herbicides, but you're also breathing in those gases. So an easy tip is to get an at-point shower filter. And really, it's so easy to put on. I mean, I have done it. We Where do they sell those? They're online. You can go to a plumbing store. You can go to Home Depot, and it filters out um, a lot of the bad stuff. And you have to change them out about every four to six months, depending on... So you on would say, I want to buy a what filter? A at-point water, a shower filter, just a shower filter. It'll come in a little packet um, and lots of places sell them. And I always recommend that as a minimum. And they filter... Um, Chlorine, chloramine, and then some of the um, herbicides, pesticides, and things like that. It's like a carbon filter. That's fascinating. And so at least we're lowering those. Now... You can also um, do an on-top-of-the-counter water filter. I like Berkey and I like AquaTrue. Uh, those are two excellent brands. You need to remember to remineralize it because as it takes out the bad stuff, it also takes out the good. Yeah. Um, you can also do an entire whole house water filtration system that a plumber installs right where the water comes into your home. Even if your home is already built? Oh, yes. They can find a place. The plumber is, gets really creative. On. And do you need to call a building biologist to do no. that? Mm -hmm. No. There's a company, um, Environmental Water Systems, EWS, which sells different types of whole house water filtration systems. And then your plumber would just, you know, you could have your plumber purchase that and your plumber would come in and install it because it's a big tank. It takes out fluoride, it takes out uh, all the chemicals, the chlorine, the chloramine, and the different pesticides and stuff. So if we can filter that water, listen, the President's Cancer Panel report said one of the top three ways to not get cancer was to filter your water. So it is a huge, important thing. And you don't have to spend a lot of money to get that whole house. That would be ideal. But that shower filter, perfect on top of the counter filter that you can take with you wherever you go, great. I also would really recommend, I love Mountain Valley spring water. It's in glass. It is pH balanced, and they test it every year. All this other plastic, that these plastic water bottles, people think they're being healthy, all plastics leach. Do not use plastic, period. My friends, when Diana told me about this water, which is Mountain Valley, it is highly recommended they just bring your gallons in glass bottles of this amazing tasting water it is so simple you put every month the ones that are empty they just refill them in your front door and i have truly seen a difference in my kids in my even in my gut health it's so amazing what good quality water can do and that is true because the chemicals kill your gut health now another good alternative for people who are in a you know maybe they don't have access to it their store doesn't sell it a lot of the stores especially the health food stores whether it's central market or whole foods has the reverse osmosis water machine and you can bring your own glass jar big glass jar and fill it up. And I I like some of the bigger stores because they're changing out that filter every day. Whereas normally when people have that reverse osmosis under the counter, I don't recommend that. The tanks 
create and and there has been an issue with it breeding some bacteria and it's very hard to test and it's very hard to clean. But if you're buying it at the store where they're changing out the filter, you know, daily, weekly, et cetera, you're going to have a good, you, you know, the, the product is clean. So I see you as a very disciplined consumer and I know that takes practice, right? Yes. You will become better and better every day. So well, you learn the tricks. Correct. You learn that these that the the makers of products are all about marketing and not so much about health in some situations. Give you an example. When they say BPA free, they finally took BPA out of plastic baby bottles and products because enough science was behind it to say this is, you know, as a synthetic estrogen. This is a endocrine disruptor. It's a problem, especially for babies who are drinking warm milk out of plastic. So they replaced it with, yeah, they got rid of BPA, but they just replaced it with BPS, which by many accounts is worse. So basically glass, so, yes. everyone. Well, just stick with nature. Stick with nature. What was around 100 years ago? And also remember when you, let's say you're filtering your water and you have it on the counter, please buy a glass water bottle. Stainless steel leaches. We don't need any more metals in our body. Plastic leaches. So there's so many wonderful glass water bottles. And if your child has a problem at school taking glass, that's the glass and the silicone. I think it's glass factory. Glastic water bottles has all plastic on the outside with a glass insert so that it's all plastic. If your child drops it, I mean, my kids are young. They've dropped that thing everywhere and it's fine, but they're still holding their water and drinking their water out of glass. So that's a good tip too, right? Don't forget that whatever you're putting it in, let's do glass. Yes. And also we're what, 70% water or constitution. That's right. That's right. So imagine if we feed our bodies Good, good clean water. Good clean water. Your kidneys have to filter it and your liver, those those toxins. And so we're just wanting to lower that toxin load on your body. And that is a huge one. Water is very, very important. I also remember, my kids love it, by the way, you told me have a glass container next to the bathtub with a mix of Epsom salt and baking soda. Yes. So to all the moms out there, my kids love it. I even do it myself. Fill up that tub, put a scoop of that of the mix of what proportions would well, you do? Well, usually I'll do two cups of Epsom and two cups of baking soda and, and have them soak for 20 minutes because magnesium, we're all deficient in magnesium. It's so relaxing and it's wonderful because your body will absorb what it needs and the baking soda detoxes. And my kids skin, love it. They sit and read in just, the tubs. I mean, the skin, my kids are like, they would normally... I don't want to take a bath. And right now they're like doing their little ritual. They they do the two scoops. And a recommendation I have that Diana taught me is just have it ready. Have it next to your tub. So it's not like I need to go downstairs, you know, do the mix. Just prep yourself and it'll become routine. Just as, as you wash your teeth, you will also prepare your bath water. And they love staying there soaking for 20 minutes. It's also very soothing and calming right. for and, a... And any way we can detox our bodies a little bit, especially children, is a good thing. And it helps them sleep. Correct. I, I've magnesium. noticed that. It's it's amazing. It's kind of addicting. So it's a good addiction to have. So I think that by now, my friends, we've got immediate things we can do. We already talked about no, no cell phones, iPads. Uh, everything on airplane mode outside of your bedroom. You need to have good quality water, only glass. Diana has taught us about the filters you can purchase on every store to clean the shower water. Please make sure to just go home, order whatever you need. We've talked about the big no's and easy steps you can do on not putting iPhones, iPads, or anything that is emitting Wi-Fi next to your headboard. Please have a charging station outside of the bedrooms where the kids can charge their electronics and know that in that area, you are being very proactive. The second thing we talked about is a quality of the air. So it's very easy to buy a good quality air filter to have 
inside your bedroom if you can control at least those eight hours of sleep with good quality air with no toxins. Remember, you are regenerating your body, your kids' bodies, your friends. And then we also talked about the importance of water. The water that you shower with, you can put a filter, the water you drink, the the non-use of plastic and sticking to only glass and different types of filters. Remember, all this information will be linked in the podcast so you can have it as a reference and you will have Diana Jabour's information. If you want to access her website, she has amazing tips on what to do. Diana, we're still missing one element. So everyone hang in there because we're going to talk about the importance of lighting. Yes. Our, our last pillar. We're going to talk about lighting. And I had never in my life put, I knew lighting was to make things beautiful, but I had never imagined light affected our health. So this is the one that really threw me off. And I was appalled when I learned the effects of lighting in our health. Could you tell us a little bit more about that in baby steps, easy steps that we can do soon and not as a huge project that will overwhelm us? Well, the first choice is just what you're buying at the store to replace your lights. I would never recommend CFL lights. I know they are very energy. What is that? uh, it's the energy efficient lighting. Okay. And you'll know it because it's a usually a curly Q and oh. it'll say CFL, energy saving. The problem with the CFL lights are the way that they save electricity is they're turning on and off at such a fast pace. You might not be able to discern it with your eye, but your nervous system does. So not only is it a nervous system stressor, which affects learning and affects your attention span, but it also is emitting wireless radiation. Could it be related to headaches? Yes, absolutely. And that actually is what happens in offices uh, wow. and schools, too. Um, a lot of studies been have been done on children's learning and attention focus use with these CFL lights. So we would that rec- be the fluorescent or yes, the mm-hmm. C- they're the fluorescent lighting. Yes, wow, that's exactly it. And you usually it's pretty heavy on the blue blue light too, which is damages your eye, can cause myopia, um, also can disrupt your sleep. So if you have CFLs in your house, they can be more common maybe in closets, um, mudrooms, you know, some of the laundry, your, your laundry, and also your lamps. A lot of times, you know, if you have recessed lighting, it may or may not be CFLs, but replace with good old-fashioned incandescent or halogen. There are some good LED lights. And the reason why we love incandescent so much is because it's full spectrum. It's actually health-enhancing versus these really heavy blue lights, which affect your sleep, affect the production of melatonin, and also your screens are very heavy on the blue light. So when we talk about lighting, not only are we talking about your lamps and your um, recessed lighting, we're also talking about the lighting that you're exposed to before bed. And a lot of Harvard studies, a lot of studies that show our devices, our computers, and even our TVs, if they're heavy on that blue light, that can really affect our sleep. So there is a easy app called Iris where you can set the blue light to a lower setting. You can put the blue blocking glasses, those yellow glasses. People use those for a reason. You can also do a screen, a film, actually a film that goes on the screen of your computer that blocks that blue light. Doesn't affect how you look at the screen. So there's a lot of um, a lot of solutions there. But and they also say, you know, that blue light, avoid it two hours before bedtime. So can you imagine if you have CFLs all in your house and you're on your screen, how that might affect your sleep? getting a good night's sleep. So is it like a building up stimulation scenario and then you're so tired yes. at night? Well, so remember the natural mimicry of the day, right? In the early morning sunlight, really heavy on the blue. Now we're talking of nature. As the day progresses, it gets to red and to amber. Warmer. And so incandescent, it mimics that natural spectrum. And instead of the blue light, which says, wake up, wake up, it's early in the morning. We need, what are you doing? It's It stimulates you. 
which is not a good thing when you're trying to get some sleep and your melatonin gets suppressed. Because what does melatonin do? It helps you get into that deep, restful sleep. But to do that, I mean, nature, again, building biologists use nature as the gold standard. And so that is what we try to do from the materials we choose to have in your home, the pure water, and also your lighting needs to mimic nature too, where it's you know, what I say is the lights maybe that are recessed have it on the full spectrum where it's brighter. And then your lamp lighting, put it more amber. Mm-hmm. Um, the lighting that I have next for my children that's in their lamp next to their bed is almost an amber hue because it's very supporting for sleep. Wow. So my kids like sleeping with a night la- night lamp? If it's a yellow-based, no. You know, that's that's a big problem people think oh they're having a nightlight and that'll help them sleep because they're not scared make please make sure it's not a heavy blue light that it's a amber colored some of those little salt lamps are kind of nice and it has a nice soothing low um, but really i think at the end of the day they do say the best sleep you will get is in a completely dark room but sometimes that's not doable especially with children but for the least disruptive deepest sleep you need to be again we're mimicking nature right and so That's my recommendation. That's fascinating. So I think we've covered the four pillars and immediate steps we could all take to make it a better household. I would like telling you how this applies even at school. That's how I met Diana and I am blessed to have people like her, women like her in our life. Remember, we need the the spiritual guides. We need the biologists. We need experts in every field. But let me tell you how Diana really impacted our school. Tell us about you were able to accomplish with the water filtration in the water fountains, the iPads not being affecting the kids, and the air filters. Well, it was interesting because we were new to our school, and our past school, I I really connected with the owner of the school and She had asked me to make up a a list of of things that she could do to help her school be as clean and non-toxic as possible. So we were able to kind of get this wish list. And I volunteered my time because that's super important to me to help children and families and to bring around that, that awareness. When we transferred to the new school... I thought, wouldn't it be great if we could get a group of moms? Because we had kind of a really fun group that were interested in you know, how can we be the healthiest school for our children? So we had, that's how we connected. Because that's where they spend the majority of their day, eight to 10 hours. back to school and home. That's right. right. Or office space and home. So we need to put our attention there. Schools can be very toxic just from the materials that are there, et cetera. So that's how we connected was because one of the mom friends said, you know, who really you need to connect with and see if y'all can kind of get a team and see what can we can get done at the school. And so you and I met, we kind of wrote out a plan of what we would like to see accomplished and what we thought were the big wins. And we, you know, the group was able to get filtered water fountains, um, organic foods for the Dirty Dozen. And one of the big concerns was the iPads were kept behind the chairs on. Well, that means your wireless radiation very close to the body, right, in a little pocket. And so it was just about bringing awareness. And they said, oh, my gosh, of course. So it wasn't acrimonious. It was, hey, how can we work together for the benefit of our children and also the faculty? Because, I mean, you think about 24 iPads in a room the entire time. So the new policy became, it was like a safe tech policy. So you might want to ask your school what kind of safe tech policy they had. What they ended up doing was removing the iPads and they had a holder where all the slots would go and it was kept outside of the classroom. So those three things were huge wins, I feel like and, um, for us. Another thing to everyone listening out there, put an air filter in the classrooms, an air filter in your office space, you will be benefiting in so many ways. Remember, this is not necessarily allergy related. This is about toxins and about giving your body good quality in air, water, light. So, and you know, but it's funny because even with the allergies, think about how many children are out of school because of allergies. And Texas is one, and Austin is one of the number one allergy capitals, right? So, 
um, although we weren't able to do the air filters at the new school, the old school, um, the Montessori school we were, they did air filters in every classroom. And they just said it made such a huge difference for the allergy sufferers. She was shocked because the reason why she put it in was because to lower those toxins. But she said, I had no idea that it was going to actually be health enhancing on the allergy levels because, of course, so many kids are sneezing and at least it filters that all the bad chemicals out. But it also filters the pollen and all those things. And I invite you all listeners, this is a way that you could help your school or your office, your home with these simple solutions. I think it's our responsibility that if we have this knowledge, we need to spread the word. We need to educate. I was uneducated in this and that now that I know it, I feel responsible to pass it on because it has had a huge impact on my health. And I am only on my way. I know there is a whole universe I'm going to be discovering, but it is important to know that there is always a good moment to start. In this podcast, we're looking for ways to ignite ideas, ignite the fire in you on how we all are on our way to learning and to becoming a better version of ourselves and and realize that it is a journey and there are going to be some things that you're going to be a little overwhelmed over and my mom used to say Diana don't let convenience get in the way of common sense use the precautionary principle if you see that there's some already a little bit of science coming out that this might be an issue the precautionary principle states that you need to take all the precautions that you can to lower those exposures because it's interesting you know, when you were talking about how you were resisting some of the information. And by the way, I resisted that information when I was younger. Now, I had the benefit of having a mother who was very ahead of her time and was into homeopathy and organics and recycling in the 60s and 70s. But when she would tell me about something that I should limit or, hey, you might be aware of this, I'd say, please don't ruin one more thing for me. (laughs) Please don't. But it was amazing how many times she was right. And it was only until I started having some health effects that I started taking her seriously and started doing research. And this was in my 20s when I was, you know, uh, in college and, and, and beyond. So what I found was it certainly is easier to be preemptive because it's harder to have to come back and rebuild your health than doing a few changes and keeping your health at a good level. But everyone's going to feel that resistance. It's normal. And when you do acknowledge it, like you said, I felt it. I was like, wait a second, I'm I'm resisting the information because maybe it's not convenient. Maybe it's a little scary. And maybe and, I'm not ready to make the change. And it also, you know, failing doesn't feel good. No. So I was like, oh, my gosh, I failed in so many ways. But then when you start doing it, it feels so good that you're proactive. And now being uh, a couple of years into this, I can start seeing not only the benefits in my health, but my my state of mind. My, my brain is clear. Uh, my kids are healthy kids. And it definitely adds up. It does. And that's what we want to do. Like I said, every little bit, all these small changes add up to big results, big health results. And so whatever you can do, and then it's interesting because as you learn and dive in a little bit, you start making those choices automatically. You know what to look for. And then you go, I'm going to stick with something that's closer to nature. It's like being attuned also to your body, right? Mm -hmm. You can see that. um, So with with that pandemic, we moved to our ranch and we don't we didn't have the filtering systems. And it was amazing that my kids said, Mom, look at my hair. It has such a different mm-hmm. texture it texture to it. Yeah. And my my you know, my skin and Eduardo, you know, he was also resisting it with me. Then I I kind of leaned towards it and he was still resisting it and now he's the one that had the filters in the <laughs> ranch so i mean once you do it yes and experience it there's no way back because right. you do see the benefits it's the common sense factor too right i mean again that convenience common you know, once you hear it and then you know it and then you go okay that makes sense and then you can move forward knowing all right i'm doing i'm just doing what 
is what I think is best right now. And things change and you learn more. And it, it's a such a commendation to, to moms, especially, who are willing to take on that different information that maybe they didn't realize. I mean, that, that speaks a lot about how much we love our children. <laughs> I agree. Thank you so much. I do acknowledge I am still on my way. I have so many things to learn from you. My friends listening out there, I hope this has been useful. Please let me know any topics you would like to learn more about. Remember, the link will be on the podcast. Email me at lorena at lorenajuncomargain.com and all of Diana's information will be there. Don't hesitate. Please reach out, ask questions. We're here to help everyone be on their way to a better self. Diana, thank you so much for accepting to be in this podcast and to everyone out there, hugs and I'll see you next time. Hasta pronto. Thanks for listening to On My Way with Lorena Junco Magain. We'd like to invite you to send us your thoughts and any questions from this podcast by emailing Lorena at LorenaJuncoMargain.com. You can also reach out to us directly through our website by clicking the link in the show description of this podcast. Special thanks to executive producer Casey Helmick, studio engineer Joseph Olguin, audio and video editor Scott Caro. This podcast is a production of Terra Firma and recorded from the historic Arlen Studios in Austin, Texas. Thank you.